since we're going to be spending time celebrating the Lord's table, the Lord's supper, and we're going to be in God's word, we want to make sure that everyone has a copy of God's word in their hands. So whether that's on your phone, whether that's uh, physically a Bible, there's going to be men here. They're going to be passing those out. So if you don't have a copy of God's word, just raise your hand and we'll make sure that you get one of those. Please open your Bibles to James chapter 1, verses 2 and 3. James chapter 1, verses 2 and 3. And as you're opening your Bibles, I want us to think about trials. Trials come in all shapes and sizes. Some are short, some are long, some are relatively trivial, some are life-altering. A car has a dead battery right when you need to take people to the airport. A wallet is lost with the ID on your way to the airport. A husband or father goes out of town, which from my experience is usually when everything around the house breaks. An illness is suffered that goes on and on for many weeks that impacts the entire home. Relationships with family members that are strained or broken. An infant stops breathing, which results in a ride to the hospital in an ambulance. An out-of-town parent has a heart attack that requires a risky quadruple bypass surgery. A child whose kidneys are failing. A husband and father of young children receives a cancer diagnosis. An unbelieving parent dies while the son is traveling to see them for the last time. These are just some of the trials that I personally know about in this body in the last few weeks. And as we consider these things, we need to be in God's word. So please follow along as I read James chapter 1, verses 2 and 3. Consider it all joy, my brothers, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith brings about perseverance. James, the half-brother of Jesus, wrote this letter to Jewish Christians. And these Christians were familiar with trials. They'd been driven from their homes and their possessions. They'd been exploited by the rich, dragged into court, and slandered for believing in Christ. And to them, he writes the command to consider it all joy. Not some joy, not partial joy, but all joy. Other translations and commentaries translate this phrase, pure joy, great joy, total joy, sheer joy. Joy. And when are Christians supposed to do this? Look again at verse 2. When you encounter various trials. That's hard. That is so hard. In the midst of a trial, what are you going to lean on? Are you going to lean on the circumstances of the trial? getting out of the trial or on the truths that transcend the circumstances. 
trials provide an occasion to put your faith into practice. Let's look at verse 3. Knowing that the testing of your faith brings about perseverance. As we consider it all joy, we are to know something. We're to know that there's a testing and that testing has a purpose. This testing is a testing of our faith. This testing is not to see if we have faith, but to purify the faith that already exists. When a precious metal is refined, it is heated up. And the dross, the impurities, are removed from that precious metal. This has the effect of purifying the precious metal and making it more valuable and more useful. And that's what's going on here in our passage. We can have joy, not because of the difficult circumstances of the trial itself, which may rightly produce sadness and grief, but because of what God is accomplishing in the trial, the purification and the refining of our faith. For the believer, trials strengthen our faith. In the midst of the trial, we draw nearer to the Lord. We cling to him. We cling to his promises. We cling to his character. We cling to the grace realities found in the gospel. Trials also reveal weaknesses in our faith that need to be strengthened. And all of this testing, all of this testing has a sovereign purpose. It produces a capacity to bear up under difficult circumstances. It produces perseverance, endurance, steadfastness. And this morning we get to rehearse gospel truths that help to strengthen our faith and fortify us in the midst of trials. We get to do this as we remember and proclaim Christ's death on the cross. We have sinned against a holy God, and we rightly deserve his wrath. We don't deserve our next breath. But because of the grace and mercy of God, God the Father sent the Son to die in place of sinners, to go to the cross, to bear the penalty for our sins, for the sins of all those that trust and believe in him. Those are truths that we should run to in the midst of a trial. And here we get to remember and proclaim these truths to ourselves and to each other corporately this morning. In a moment, we're going to take a little cracker that represents the body of Jesus, and we're going to take a little cup of juice that represents the blood that was shed. These elements were given so that we would remember and proclaim his death. However, this time is not for everyone. It's a time for those that actually have faith. For those that trust in Christ and not themselves. For those that are followers of Christ. And if by your own admission you would say you're not a follower of Christ, then when the trade comes by, we ask that you just simply let it pass. But do not let this opportunity pass. We'd love to talk to you about what it means to have faith in Christ. Please come talk to me. Any one of the other pastors, the person that brought you, do not put these things off. Believer, as you consider Christ and his death on the cross on your behalf this morning, hold on to the elements. And in a moment, we'll take these elements together corporately. Men, please come and serve us.